It's time for the Plan with Dan podcast, the show that will help you discover and achieve your true purpose for money and make you a more confident investor. We'll talk about sane and intelligent approaches to financial planning. Now, let's Plan with Dan. Well, hello and welcome to another edition of the Plan with Dan podcast. I'm Mark Kaywood alongside Dan Betzel. He is the founder of Betzel Wealth Advisors, serving you in the greater Columbus area with an office in Gehenna right there near the airport. You can find him online at BetzelWealthAdvisors.com. That's BetzelWealthAdvisors.com. Or you can call the office 614-472-4510. That's 614-472-4510. Dan, you've got almost two decades of experience in financial planning. That's crazy to think about, but welcome to the show. We're excited to hear from you today. (laughs) Thanks, Mark. I'm not sure what's so crazy about two decades, but... There we it go. It means you're experienced. <laughs> it means you have wisdom to impart. Ah, uh, okay, gotcha. Thank you. <laughs> on the audience. That's what I mean by that. Okay, thank you. <laughs> A compliment, of course. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, we've got some great things we're going to be talking about on today's show. As always, I know you've got an interesting Mind Over Money segment. That's a newer addition to the show, and I love hearing what you've come up with. And then we're going to be talking about retirement and taxes, why your retirement is more than just a bundle of investments. But before we get to that... It's time for a bit of news. Extra, extra, read all about it. That's right. It's time for In the News. I love this portion of the show. It's where we see what's going on out there in the world around us and how it could possibly relate to our investing life. So, Dan, this is a good one. There was this recent discussion on Twitter. Anytime it starts with Twitter, you know it's going to be great. (laughs) And it was surrounding this hashtag of why I'm not rich. And This discussion was where people explained why they weren't wealthy, right? So for your clients and other people that you visit with, how do they define wealthy? And more important, how do you define it? Ah, it's well, it's a really interesting topic. Well, you know, I think for a lot of people, it's like a state of mind. As you're talking to me, I'm thinking about this story by, you know, John Rockefeller, who happens to be from Ohio, you know, where I am, so it fits. You know, but someone asked him one time, and he was already, you know, a billionaire. Someone asked him, you know, John, I'm sure they called him Mr. Rockefeller. Mr. Rockefeller, you know, how much is enough? You know, when will you feel wealthy? When will you feel rich? And he replied, just a little bit more, just a little bit more. And I've always found that like really sobering and and in a lot of ways sad that here is one of the most wealthiest men in the world, but he didn't feel wealthy. And I think that's so interesting because it's really a state of mind. And, you know, there's lots of studies that are written that show that there's no direct correlation. And we all need money to live in the world, of course. But there's no direct correlation uh, between how much money a person has and their level of personal happiness. But I can tell you this, that it has to do with, you know, how you've earned your money, how you spend it, whether you're able to feel, you know, secure and confident, you're able to give back to the community. And you don't get on what I call this hedonic treadmill syndrome, where the more you make, the more you got to have. If you can somehow keep them getting on that treadmill, you know, I got to keep up with the Joneses. I got to get a new car every year. I got to get the best car, the best watch, you know, the best everything. If you can kind of stay off that treadmill, you're probably going to have a really good state of mind and you're going to be able to create wealth, which is a lot more than money. (laughs) Money is a prerequisite, but money, it'll buy you a house, but it won't buy you a home. What's going to create a home is your mindset in the way you look at your money. 
That's a great topic. I know it is. There's really some psychology behind this too. I'm telling you, I love recording these with you. I feel like you should go back out and get a degree in psychology so you can really get into that (laughs) behavioral investing. There's something to that though. There's Uh, a lot to it, I think. There is. There is. I know they interviewed Tom Brady. I think it was after his, I don't know, third Super Bowl. I've lost count with all the rings he has. But they asked him what he felt and he said he felt empty. I mean, here he is the most successful man in football and Mm -hmm. arguably one of the greats of all time. And he said he felt empty, and so I think that just kind of gets at that point yeah. that it's a state of mind, and it's not just more, more, more. It's not after chasing those returns. That is so right. Interesting. All right. Well, we got to move on, but this yes. has been in the news. It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. All right, we've got a great mailbag question that's come to us. As always this week, we love featuring your questions on the show. Please feel free to write into us and submit your questions. They, too, could be featured on the show. Don't worry, we'll change your name. And you can do that at BetzelWealthAdvisors.com as well. This week's question comes to us from Beth in Bexley. And Beth says, I just paid my last tuition payment. Ooh, congratulations, Beth. That is exciting. (laughs) So my kids are officially off the payroll, she says. I love that it's a payroll. How much life insurance do I need at this point? Ah, well, I want to also say congratulations, you know, to getting that last tuition payment made. Now, my experience, my kids are a little older than yours, I think, but it doesn't necessarily mean they're off the family payroll yet, but maybe, I hope so. That's really a great question. You know, and one of the five areas of holistic financial planning is risk management. And, you know, just as you intuitively noticed, you know, well, I think that my need to manage this particular risk is no longer there because, you know, my son's finished school. Because when you're younger, you know, you need insurance to replace income if the breadwinner were to die, to pay off debt or mortgage, and as you know, to educate your children. But as you age, and I'm not saying that you're aging, Beth, I'm just saying that as we all age, you know, we need to rethink our insurance needs because the risks change. You know, no longer do you have to fund your child's education, but, you know, you may begin to think, you know, how am I going to pay for eventual, if this were to happen, long-term care costs? And maybe I need to talk to someone who can help me to reassess the risks as you go from raising a family, you know, toward your retirement age. And so I think you're intuitively right that your need for risk management changes. I don't know exactly what your situation is, but I would follow that, you know, that internal uh, voice that you hear and get some professional assistance and have somebody help you rethink your risks because, you know, you no longer need to pay the kids education, but you probably are going to need to think about your own or your family's health care issues and long-term care issues as you begin to age. I hope that gives you at least some direction and some ways to look at how to solve this problem. Yes. And congratulations, Beth. I know that's a special <laughs> feeling to be done with that. And congr- Congratulations to your kids as well. I mean, that's a big accomplishment, something to be celebrated, and now get them out of the house. So, oh boy, thanks for writing in. Let's take a look at some of the psychology behind investment behavior. It's time for Mind Over Money. All right, Dan, another great segment here, Mind Over Money. This is where we really get into that behavioral investing, the psychology of it all, how we make decisions. Dan, what do you have for us this week? Yeah, I want to talk about one that's kind of a mouthful. It's a little hard to explain, but I want to give you some examples. It's called the pseudo-certainty effect. Oh, of course it is. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't know if this is the best name for it, but hey, this is what the behavioral finance professionals call it. But, you know, it's this tendency to see an outcome. We think it's absolutely certain when, in fact, 
it's really, really highly uncertain. And I see this all the time in my business. I mean, just last week, I had a great couple came in and, and, you know, they were in the younger spectrum of people that I meet with. And they had, you know, a boatload of, I think we all would agree, significant amount of money sitting in the bank. And, you know, things were going great for them. And they didn't really see the need to invest or to take any more risk because, you know, hey, they're getting like a little less than, you know, one-tenth of a percent at the bank. And they felt really secure about it. So, you know, in their mind, why would I want to take more risk when things are going so well right now? So it's the pseudo or fake certainty effect that things are going really well right now. They're always going to go well. But they weren't really looking long-term and and they were actually taking less risk than they should be given their age and their financial situation. And they're really missing out on a lot. Now, on the other side, it can also impact people that maybe have waited way too long to begin investing. And so they'll come in at 55, 60 years old and they won't have a lot of money invested or saved and they'll want to take risk that is so disproportionate to their time horizon and to their financial situation because they just feel that, you know, I've got to take this risk. I've convinced myself that it's certain that this is the only way that I can make up for lost time. And what they'll do is they'll actually plow ahead with the most risky situations, even if it's likely to land them in big trouble. And, you know, if you listen to my podcast for a while, I can tell you about a situation I had where someone actually took all of their money and they didn't have that much. They were behind. They hadn't done a great job up to that point. And because they hadn't done a great job up to that point, their thinking led them to make a decision that was so risky, they put all of their money into Bitcoin. And, you know, I wish them the best, but I know that Bitcoin hasn't done very well. And my guess is that because of this pseudo certainty effect, it led them to take way too much risk when they should have pulled back. And on the other hand, it can force someone not to be willing to take risk, appropriate, prudent risk when they should. So make sure that you talk to someone who can help point out this pseudo certainty effect so you find yourself taking the right amount of risk for you and your family and for where you find yourself in your investment time horizon and in your overall you know, financial situation. Wow. It's almost like a level of, what do they call it? Naive optimism? Mm, I actually like that better than the pseudo certainty effect. <laughs> there you yeah. go. Let's rewind yeah. that. Let's do the whole thing again. No, no, no. But <laughs> well, that, no, it, if you were to Google it, it's called pseudo certainty. Pseudo certainty effect. Now that is interesting. And it's so true. I think every week we do this mind over money segment and it's interesting how we're rational beings and we make, yeah. theoretically should make rational decisions. But when you get into the nitty gritty of it and when the chips are down, so to speak, you can just make the wildest decisions off of impulse or your emotions and so it's important to kind of have someone alongside you that can keep you grounded and make wise decisions. And that's not to say that you should account for your emotions at all, but it is to say that you need an expert alongside you. Yeah, I think your emotions are very, very powerful, and they just need to be harnessed in the right way. Well, that's our Mind Over Money segment for the week. Now let's kind of dive into the main topic of the show here, and let's talk retirement and taxes. So, Dan, when you come to retirement, you've got this big old portfolio. And so often you don't know what to do with it. And it's because you have this collection of investments, but really it's so much more than that. And one element that you have to think about when it comes to your retirement portfolio, one element is the tax element of that. There are tax repercussions to the different decisions you make as you approach retirement. Yeah. So, you know, what I want to talk about is, you know, I always talk about these five areas of holistic financial planning, and one of them is taxes. And, you know, taxes often get short shrift. I mean, it's not fun to talk about for most people, and, you know, it can be kind of complicated. So 
what I want to do today, though, is I just want to give people some experiences that I've had in the office where people come in and they're shocked after they retired because they didn't realize how certain tax laws were going to impact them. And so the first thing I want to tell everybody is even though it appears that we're all paying lots of taxes, you know, I'm not saying that we're not, but taxes, federal taxes are at an historic low. So I don't have a crystal ball. I'm not a member of Congress. I don't know what's going to happen. But I'll tell you, if taxes are at an historic low, I can only imagine that they're probably only going to go up in the future. So given that as a background to what I want to say, I want to talk about a couple things that surprise people. Now, you know, it seems to make sense that when you're married and you have a spouse and you're paying your taxes every year, and then if one of the spouses pass away, people seem to think, well, my taxes are gonna probably go down. But in reality, for most people, most clients that I see that, you know, one of the repercussions of losing a spouse, you know, in the midst of all the other emotional and, and very difficult things you have to go through, is that for most people that lose a spouse, the taxes go up. And you're like, how can my taxes go up? Well, you probably are going to be having your 70 to 80% of the income that you had, you know, when your spouse was still alive, but you're going to lose a standard deduction and you're going to lose a personal exemption. So I had a real case where while both members of the couple, they both were alive, their taxable income was only about $10,000 because they had the standard deduction of 24,400, the personal exemptions times two of 2,600, you know, and that lowered their taxable income. But when they lost a spouse, rather than having 24,000 standard deduction, now they have 12,000. Rather than having 2,600 personal exemption, they now have 1,600. And their taxes went from 1,000 to almost $6,000. So when you're doing your planning and you're thinking about, you know, can I retire? Do I have enough money? You also have to stop and think, hey, what's going to be the impact on my surviving spouse if I pass away and how am I going to pay those taxes? So that's one thing that really surprises people. I don't know. Are you surprised to hear that? No, it is interesting. Just so often, I think we don't think about the tax repercussions in general right. behind our investments. In fact, another thing that I want to think about is the taxation of Social Security income yeah, as well. It's exactly the second thing that surprises so many people. So if you're a married couple and you're filing jointly and you have over $44,000 of income in a taxable year, that means 85% of your Social Security is taxable. Now, I'm not saying that your Social Security is going to be taxed 85%. Some people hear that. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying 85% of your Social Security will be taxable. And so, you know, we have to plan for that, right? So only 15% of your Social Security will be coming to you tax-free. And here's the kicker, you know, is how do they determine what your income is? Well, it's any earned income you could have. It's any distributions you take from your IRAs and your 401ks, any pensions that you get if you're a teacher or a fireman or have a pension, any rental income. But here's the one that shocks people. One half of your Social Security payments are included in determining the amount of income which is used to determine how much of your Social Security is taxable. Now, wow. if that sounded crazy to you, 
you know, rewind the podcast and listen to it again. But one half of your social security is counted as what we call provisional income. And that shocks a lot of people. It makes sense why it would shock a lot of people. You really can't figure it out. It's a little bit counterintuitive. So what do you think about that? Taxation of social security. Wow, that's crazy. Another thing that you need, and as Dan said, at any point, feel free to rewind. This is a podcast after all. So if we get a little too into the weeds, feel free to take that back and listen a second time. Let's talk about liens on your 401k, IRAs, and other qualified accounts for just a second before we wrap up the day. Yeah, you know, I don't mean to be like dramatic when I meet with somebody, but someone will come in and they'll say, you know, I have a million dollar IRA. And I'll say, oh, well, not really. And of course, I don't want to be cocky or anything like that. I'm just trying to get them to see the point. And they'll say, what do you mean? I'm like, well, the IRS has a lien on your IRA. So depending on what tax bracket you are, let's say you're in the 25% tax bracket. You don't have a million dollars. You have a million dollars less the 25% tax lien. So you have $750,000. Still great, but we have to really know what we're dealing with when we enter retirement. So please, you know, here's what I want to say in summary. I believe taxes are going to go up. Can't promise you that, but we're at an all-time historic low in taxes. They probably are going to go up. Um, Be mindful that when you do your planning, retirement planning, that you think about the repercussions of losing a spouse and how that's going to impact the taxation of your assets. Be mindful that Social Security, in most cases, is going to be taxed up to 85% of your Social Security will be taxable income. And don't forget that your 401ks and your IRAs and your pensions, they all have a tax lien from the IRS. You do all those things and you'll be well on your way to creating a powerful retirement that takes into consideration the taxation of your retirement assets. Yes. Don't forget that Uncle Sam's going to come knocking on the door to collect his, (laughs) but you can plan accordingly and minimize the impact that will have on your retirement. It's just important to work with a professional to do so. And so, Dan, if folks have questions about that, if someone's listening and maybe they're in that position like Beth, where they've got a child who's either just finishing up school or is perhaps in school right now and they have questions, I know that you have a toolkit that you offer that kind of helps folks to connect to you. What's in that toolkit and how can folks get it? Yeah, I think probably the most relevant thing in the toolkit is rescue your retirement and how to defuse the uh, 401k ticking time bomb. They can call the office, they can go to my website and fill out a form, or they can email me and I'll get the retirement to rescue toolkit right out to them. And of course, if you'd like to get that retirement rescue toolkit, as Dan said, you can shoot him an email. Find all that online at BetzelWealthAdvisors.com. That's BetzelWealthAdvisors.com. Or you can call 614 472 4510. That's 614-472-4510. Again, that's your number to get that retirement rescue toolkit. This thing is chock full of goodies that can help you out as you begin to think about your retirement, help you to connect with Dan. One more time, get that by calling 614-472-4510. Well, thanks for listening as always, and we'll see you back here next time on another edition of the Plan With Dan podcast. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered by Betzel Wealth Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Ohio.